Hey, welcome back to Outer Spaces. Today we have Cornell Mack on the show and he owns Mack Landscape and Lawn Care out in Western Pennsylvania. This guy is going to drop nuggets left and right on this podcast. This man just opens his heart. He talks about being joyful and grateful and just how he's done it in his life, going from working two jobs and never being home to now living his passion and his dream in lawn care and just helping humans. It's it's profound. So you guys queue up, listen all the way to the end. It's, it's just a, such a powerful story and I hope you get a lot from it just as much as I do. Hello and welcome to Outer Spaces a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, I hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we're passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 25 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. It's your host, Joshua Gillow. And uh, this episode is sponsored by Yes Express, where we help landscapers, hardscapers, and outdoor living pros double their sales in half the time. If you're curious, reach out hello at yes.express. So today we have a special guest on. I say that all the time, but this guy here, I was watching a lot of his his material. He, he produces a lot of content. He's He's got a heck of a good story. And man, I can I can relate a lot to uh, to this guy's story. So I want to bring him on and have him share with us uh, where he's come from and where he's going. So his name is uh, Cornell Mack, and he owns Mack Landscape and Lawn Care out in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, opposite side from me. So he's West Pennsylvania, I'm East Pennsylvania, and he started that back in 2016. So uh, Cornell, welcome to the show. Hey, man, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, brother. I can't wait to unpack your story for the audience and uh, have them you know, hear about where you've come from, where you're going and what keeps you grinding, brother. I love it. So uh, why don't you start out with a little bit of background, uh, you know, where you come from, give us the 30,000 foot out view and we'll just dive right in. Uh, so I got into the business in 2016. Uh, um, I didn't have any background in business or landscaping or anything. I sat from cutting my grandmother's grass, doing her shrubs and everything uh, whenever I was a kid. And then um, I got a regular job. At one point I was working two full-time jobs and uh, just was like wondering where my life was going to go. And I stumbled upon a Keith Kalfas video, watched that, uh, went over this stuff in my head, like he was showing the prices. So it was the first time that someone I had ever seen anyone who was given out, like, this is how you can make money within any type of business. And mm -hmm. lawn care was the first type of business that I seen. And I had a, like a kind of, I would say similar story to Keith. Um, so when he was talking, I could just like feel what he was saying. And then, you know, his whole thing was like the employee trap. You have a job, you can leave your job because you can make money. And here's how he went over this store, um, this video and it was two minutes, two or three minutes long. It said all of the prices, um, $245 and 45 minutes was the thing I heard. And mm -hmm. my, my head like exploded whenever I heard that. So, for the next two weeks, I was just watching Keith and then I found Brian and then the Spencers and then all of those, the big influencers, every people, all the people know now. Um, and I was just watching all of their videos and I just, you know, I had like, I wanted to be a sports athlete like that. Like most uh, young kids from where I came from, I wanted to be a sports athlete. When that didn't happen, I just didn't know what to do. 
Um, but when I seen these people, I was like, yo, these are regular people. None of them are like eight feet tall, you know, and none of them are, are linebackers, uh, size in a, in the NFL or a cornerback or a quarterback or nothing like that. They're just regular people and they own things and they're doing things they love and they're showing it. And I was like, yo, I, if they can do this, I can do this too. So for after those two weeks, I was just on a double shift, a 16 hour shift. And uh, I was making $13 an hour at my second full-time job. And I just did the math in my head. And I was like, after taxes, I'm going to be like $125 for the day for 16 hours of my life. And this Keith Kalfas dude, who's the same size as me in Michigan is about to do $245 in 45 minutes. And I just was like, one day I think we had a bunch of, right. It was crazy. It was crazy. So I worked at a group home and, uh, my, my client at the time was a bigger, he was a bigger gentleman. And, uh, I think we might've had some restraints that day. And I was just like, man, as much as I love my job and it's fulfilling most days, there's those days where it's like, Oh man, this, this sucks. You know what I mean? You go home upset that, you know, your client, he's for whatever reason, he was upset that day. Or, you know, who knows what was going on in his head. But I just came home and I was like, my, my kids were asleep when I left. And they're asleep now. My wife is tired. And I just got kind of got pissed off. So the next day I said to my wife, I think I want to start a grass cutting business. That's what I called it, a grass cutting business. I was going to be chucking the truck, as they say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, to my wife's credit, she has a uncle who was in the landscape business in uh, the Uniontown area called Laurel Highlands Nursery. It's my, uh, we call him Uncle John, and the kids call him Dodo. So he's a, he's amazing. But he had a landscape business for 42 years. Wow. When I go to his house, he is the – him and his wife is the epitome of what I want my life to be like whenever I, you know, reach the later years in life, God willing. And they just do things charitable, man. They, for the kids, he just does anything, big Christmas party. I mean, he pays for everything. And I just want to do, I wanted to like have that feeling in my life. So combined seeing him do it in my own family, and I, he's not my uncle, he's my wife's uncle. So I kind of married into being able to be experience him. Mm. Now you, you mix that with Keith's story and showing how to actually make the money. I was like, I could do this too, you know? Yeah. So that's how I got into it. 2016. And, uh, you, you found know, a path, right? It was just like, forward. this is, yeah. this is the vehicle and it might yeah. not be a Corvette or a Lamborghini right now. It's, it, it, it could yeah. be a rented, you know, uh, a piece of crap that you get for a thousand bucks, but it's going to get me somewhere. And that's what it started as like a piece of crap, like, you know, regular push mower piece of crap truck yeah. and, uh, and a dream and a desire. That's, so that's how I kind of got into it. Love it. So take me back to when you realize when you see your, I guess it was your father-in-law, right? So your, your father-in-law, when you're, you're talking to him and you see what he's achieved in his life, take me back to what that moment felt like for you when you finally felt like I need to find some way to make this possible for me. Like, why was that success? How did you, how did you gauge that at that point? Success to me isn't money. And it, and it's, it wasn't that they have a lot of money and maybe they do, I don't know. Um, but it was how they live. Like if every time I came up there, uh, and Charlotte, she would have a different couch, you know, like a new couch, you know I mean? It'd be like, we might see them one month and then the next month, the the whole living room was different and there was a new furniture. And then what would she do with that new furniture is give it to other people within the family. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, if I could, if I could do that, if I could, if I could make enough money 
to give people things that help inspire them, starting with my own family, that would be the, one of the greatest things ever. And I seen them doing that. And and that was always in my heart anyway. Like, yeah. you know, when I, I'm a big brother, you know what I'm saying? And I'm the oldest in my family and I was raised by a single mom. So to, you know how to learn how to make sacrifices early in life. You know what I mean? Like you got to get up, you got to help mom get the kids ready. You know, you got to be the protector. Um, you know, I kind of became a de facto dad, so to speak. And I was only six years older than my brother, nine years older than my sister. So I was learning how to become, you know, a man and a father at a young age. And, uh, you know, so seeing that type of stuff, it was like, that's, that's what dads do. Like that's the ultimate thing for a dad is to treat the people who are around them, you know, and show them like, this is, this is how you could be. And it don't have to be a millionaire. You know, it could just be someone who's living a, a great free life. Yeah. Sounds like it's a big life goal. And, you know, what will it feel like when you get to that point when you can do exactly what you're, you know, what your family has done with being able to give furniture away? Like, how will that feel for you? I feel like probably like heaven on earth, man. Like, and and when you go to heaven, I just can imagine what it's probably like up there where everything Mm -hmm. is available to you. You know, everyone has an imagination because there's no stress up there because you've already done all of the things that you needed to do in the regular life. And now it's up here to paradise. And that's what I want to live on earth. I think that's what the ultimate goal is. Uh, I think that's why God created us is so that we can shed our light to the world. But sometimes in life, you know, circumstances and situations changes your mentality. You lose your imagination. And then that light sort, sort of dims. I say all the time that people, it's like garbage. As you grow up, when you turn about seven or eight years old, you start to realize how, how am I living? Am I poor? Uh, is my parents, uh, this or that? And you start to become consciously aware. And then people start to say things to you and they put their limitations on you. And then you start to internalize that before you know it, the imagination that you had when you were seven, when you seen Superman and you thought you could fly goes away and you realize I got to get a job and I got to pay the bills. And this is what life is like, because this is what my mom's life was like, or my dad's life or my grandparents' life. Yeah. You never have the imagination to think that you could change it. You know what I mean? And whenever I found this stuff, I realized like, all of the stuff that was in my imagination when I was a kid is still deep down inside of me. I just had to get the stress of life off of me. And a lot of that has to do with paying your bills and everything. So as I learned the business and, you know, got better at doing some of the back end things, um, we started to make a little bit more money and then I could start to get on those things that had been neglected bills and everything. And then once that happened, boom, the imagination's here again. Mm. And now I can see what the future is. And I want to give that feeling to the world. Like I said, that's what God gave us. He put us here for us to shed our light to the world. I love that. I love it. So true. And he gave every one of us a unique fingerprint, right? Every single one of us. So you don't have to wait till you have a million followers. You don't have to wait till you have that big house or whatever. You can start giving from your heart every single day, just by the spoken word, like through this podcast, Something you're saying right now, you know, Cornell is going to shift something in somebody. And when it shifts, they're going to say, wait a minute here. If Cornell can do it, so can I, just like you did with the, the guy you watched. You know what I mean? And the next thing you know, so it's, it's all just within sharing. And I love that you're vulnerable enough to just come up and say that. And so I want to ask you then, when you get to that point, 
when you, not if, but when you get to that point where you can just be like, Hey, I'm just going to take this room and just give it away to somebody, you know, have you decided what that looks like as far as what you'll have and what you'll give? Or do you have like that vision in your mind at this point? Well, eventually we, my wife and I, we would like to get into real estate and start to, you know, renovate houses. And, you know, one day I just want to be able to hear a story of a family who needs a house and just give it to them. So, I mean, I don't know how long that would take. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know, you know, where that would be in the future, but I think that would be great is to give someone, uh, someplace that they can call home. Uh, I was in a lot of different, we moved around a lot. I was in nine different schools before I made it to high school, before I got to high school. So I don't have any like, like childhood friends from kindergarten or anything like that, because we was bouncing all over the place. My mom was trying to make ends meet single mom, three kids. So, uh, I, but now for my children, there's a quote I heard from this guy named George, George Bernard Shaw. And he says, the people in this world, uh, they look around for the circumstances that they want. And if they can't find them, they create them. So whenever I was a kid, it was painful to go to a school, finally get over the hurdle of being the new kid and not knowing anybody, not knowing how to get to your classes and everything. And then boom, soon as you start to feel some semblance of comfort, you move to the next school and you got to do all of that over again. So as a kid, I, you know, I've realized like that instability um, was a major factor on how I was seeing the world as a young adult for my kids. I didn't want that for them. So by the time my kids were old enough to go to school, I made sure my wife and I, we made sure that we were in a school district that was, that we liked, you know what I mean? We made sure that we had a house um, so that they had somewhere that was here. And now my kids have daycare friends that they grew up with. They have kindergarten friends and my, I have an 11 year old uh, daughter and um, she has friends that she's been friends with since, since daycare. And that was something that I dreamed that I would have. It's just, you know, mom, dad at home, you come home, you eat dinner together. Sometimes you go to the movies, that type of life. I didn't need to make it to the NBA or the NFL or play any sport. That became what my goal in life was, is to have a family. And I have that now. And so now that I have that and I have that stability for my own self and I've reached that dream and that goal that I have for my life, it's now time to help other people get that same, that same feeling, man. And they need to be biting at that good steak as well. I love that. That's, that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. So you say that good feeling, take me into that good feeling. Like what does it feel like to finally have what you've wanted your whole life? Joy. The joy that you wake up with when you know Santa Claus left presents for you under the tree mm-hmm. when you were four or five years old. Uh, the joy that you feel when you wake up to do something that you love. If you wake up in the morning, like for me, I play flag football still. I still do athletic things to this day. When I have a flag football game on Sunday morning, I'm, uh, I can't sleep the night before. I'm up early. I've got my uniform on early and I'm ready to go because it's something I truly love to do. And with this business, it's the same thing. And that's the feeling I want to have in life. You know what I mean? And so that that's what it feels like. Just absolute, pure joy. Man, 
I love it, man. It's, <laughs> I knew there's a reason why we lined up for this podcast because that's just such a big part of life is to be grateful for everything, the small things especially, to find joy every single morning and to, to be ready to accept whatever is coming your way and be able to grow to be the person that can then achieve what that will take you to, to the next step. So I love that. Now, what I did notice when I was watching your, your content is that you have this deep grit, this never give up personality. Like you will go into the fire and fight it out. I'd love to know where you get that from. I think I have a hunch, but I'd love to hear it from you. Uh, a lot of it has to do with just, you know, how we, how I grew up and then you mix that with sports and when you get on the basketball court, like how I, how I, I grew up poor, um, you know, not through my mom was, she was trying her best, but she just didn't have a lot of support. So I grew up poor and I might not have had the best of things, but when we step on that basketball court, we're all equal. And it doesn't matter if you got a better pair of shoes than me, or, you know, your dad is up in the stands or not. When we get on that basketball court, we're equal and everybody will know who's the best. And when I get out there with you, I'm going to try and absolutely destroy you. Um, because I'm, I don't know what's going to happen whenever I get home. I don't know. You know what I mean? My mom's out here working three jobs and I got to go help my mom, my brother and my sister. And this is the place where I get peace. I don't got to worry about the stresses of that. And I mean, that, that stuff started when I was like 12, mm-hmm. you know, leaving basketball practice to go pick up my brother and sister. So while I'm here, I'm going to kill you. That's, I mean, that's just the mentality. And, um, mm. I don't mean that in a negative, in a negative light. I just mean like what I want and what I desire was to be recognized for something. Mm-hmm. And sports was the first time, like it didn't matter what clothes you wore. If I could go in and score 55 points, everyone would want to talk to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, that, that was a way of breaking the ice at new schools. I would go there and I'd be like, all right, just wait till recess. No one's going to talk to me, but as soon as we get to recess, I'm going to dominate everyone on the basketball court, on the football field, on the baseball field, in everything that I do. And then I found out about Michael Jordan and I started to watch Michael Jordan. And I just, you could see everything. Like he was the the greatest. I mean, he had videos and all of these things. And that's what my imagination was like. I could be like, I'm good at basketball. I could be like him. And I started to just, try to mimic, you know, what he did. And then you see videos of his mentality, how he's, he's up practicing, you know what I mean? And then, uh, you know, later on Kobe Bryant kind of took over that same mantle and I just kind of followed athletes and, um, I didn't have a lot of people to talk to in business or anything. So I started to look at who's the best athletes and what do they do? Mm -hmm. They have a fire, they have a passion, they have a desire. And also they're living their dreams. I seen that on a movie once called up in the air. He asked the guy, when did they first pay you to give up on your dreams or how much did they first pay you? And the guy says like $27,000. And, um, he says, when were you going to stop and do what you love? I mean, but the, the question he initially asked the guy was why do kids like athletes? And <laughs> the guy says, I don't know. Cause they screw lingerie models. And the, and George Clooney says, no, that's why we like athletes. Kids like athletes cause they follow their dreams. And it yeah. hit me like, wow, that's now that's what I'm doing. Now I am a professional 
in what I'm doing. I might not be a professional athlete, but I am a professional and I can take it serious just like those professional athletes do. I can get my behind up in the morning. I can, I can study. I can watch the game tapes of all of these people who are giving out this free information. I can listen to speeches from the greatest people who have ever spoken in the world through the internet. I can get all of the information and most of it is out here for free. And once I did it, I started to implement these things the same way I did when, you know, you want to get yourself in shape in basketball. You start with running suicides and running laps and getting your lung capacity better, getting your cardio better. And once you do that and you step out, you use the basketball now. And before you know it, you've done all of these small little things that lead you to be being a good basketball player. That's what Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Tom Brady, all of these different athletes, it's small fundamentals over a long period of time that leads to ultimate success. And that's the same thing in any business across the board, whether it's lawn care like I do, or, you know, being a CEO of a fortune 500 company, it's all the same small little systems over a long period of time. And then boom, you're successful. So that's kind of the path I've been trying to do is just keep doing small little things and getting better and better and better before you know it. Yep. I won't be doing layups. I'll be shooting three-pointers from half court like Steph Curry. That's right, brother. It's coming <laughs> quick, too. Because <laughs> yeah. you know what? It, it's those invisible things that you do. It's that, that grind you mentioned each day going out there and throwing in and being like, you know what? Consistency over everything. But when you mix consistency with a level of intensity that most can't even stomach, you'll get success a lot faster. But you've got to be willing to give it all up for it. You got to be willing to just like on the court, you got to be like, I'm going to go for that big shot. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. Um, it's the same in business. You've got to just, you got to bet on you. And the only way you can do that is by building confidence with inside you, knowing that you'll never stop. And I know you already have that, which is huge. But uh, so take me back to a time where, you know, in business, you're getting started out. You've never been in business before. You know, how did that, that whole startup part because there's a lot of uncertainty that comes with starting a business when you start when you don't get a rule book of exactly how to market how to sell how you should price your projects how you should do all of these things you know you start out and you figure it out the only thing the irs helps you with is paying taxes so take me through those first few weeks and how you built the the muscle if you will the the courage to go out there and tell your wife that i'm going to dump two two jobs that are paying the bills and i'm going to go after a dream take me back so I didn't immediately dump both the jobs. Uh, I continued to work the two full-time jobs for the first two years. Uh, and I was only mowing on Saturday all alone by myself with, you know, the worst of the worst equipment and yeah. driving all over Pittsburgh. I mean, all over the place. I was leaving one job and driving an hour to do another job for $35. Wow. And I didn't wow. realize... I just didn't know what I didn't know yet. Um, yeah. So the, the first couple of years, I wouldn't say it was rough because I just didn't know that I was making mistakes. I would I would leave my house in the morning at 7 a.m. I would get home at 7 a.m. and I would have $250 in my pocket. And I was yeah. like, babe, you want to go to Texas Roadhouse tonight? You know, I was like, uh, that's, I just didn't know. You know, I mean, I didn't realize that there was, that I need to be getting paid from the time I leave my house. Yeah. until the time I come home. So I didn't realize, and I, you know, so I'm out for 12 hours. I come home with 300 or, you know, 250. That sounded a lot better than coming home after a 16 hour shift with 125. And I got to wait for two weeks to even get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> a yeah, whole yeah, bunch yeah. of 125s or whatever, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. So that, the first, at the beginning, it was, it was, like I said, I wouldn't say it was rough because I just, I just didn't know that I was messing up. Um, but then you know, I'd say probably like 
halfway through uh year, maybe right at the beginning, towards the beginning of the second year, I stopped listening to music. I was listening to music, like the music I had grown up with. And, uh, and I stopped listening to music and I started to mm-hmm. really de- like go deep into YouTube. And I came across, uh, Naylor Taliaferro, uh, the LCR media podcast. Mm-hmm. And he was, had this thing about route density and I had never heard route density before. And he started to explain, like, if you could do, you're doing 12 yards a day, but you're driving all over the place. You're killing yourself basically was what he was saying. He was like, you need to do this, get four or five yards here and then turn around the corner. You got four or five yards there. And I was like, Oh, you could do that. And then I started to look up route density on YouTube. And then you found all of the other people and they're saying, you know, knock on the door, the five people around and do that. So I started to implement these things rather than, you know, be cynical and why, why is Naylor, who the hell is he? Why, how's he know? Why am I going to listen to him? I went out and I started to do some of those things and they started to work. You know what I mean? So year, year two, I started to, I, like once it started to work, I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Let me go in and find all of the people who's teaching the business because getting the work done, that's not going to be a problem for me. I got kids at home and I'm trying to create something. So being out there in the heat, that ain't ever going to be a problem. Making sure the jobs get done, that will never be a problem. But if I really want to learn how to make money, I got to learn the business, the business side. You know, you got to learn how to talk to the customer, how to uh, explain what they're doing, what you're going to do, and then follow through on what you're going to do and which I could do that. That's the plays. The coach gives you the play and then you follow the play. And if you execute it right, most times it'll work. That don't mean it's always going to work. Sometimes, you know, you'll slip on some sweat and you'll have a turnover. Well, that's just the customer saying no, because they're going with someone else because you dropped the ball in that particular time. But I looked at it like every single time I'm going here, I'm going to a new basketball court, a new football field mm. to, you know, go against a new team. And the team is getting them to say yes over no at the price that I need. Um, so, yeah. That that's the first two years. It was like going through the bumps and the bruises, so to speak. And then uh, year three, um, I had got my first commercial contract, and that's when I felt secure enough to quit one of the jobs. So now I was working one full time job, and then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday I was cutting grass. I decided that if I got in the business, Sunday would be off limits. Like I will never work a Sunday yeah. because. If I have my own business, I can control that. Um, so I decided mm-hmm. I was never, ever going to work a Sunday. So I worked Wednesday through uh, or Thursday through Saturday. And then um, we did that for two years. And then we had that commercial contract. We had done so well um, that they, the guy who was in charge of picking it, it was like this group home facility and they had all of these different regions. The guy who was in charge of giving out those uh, lawn care contracts uh, those first two years, he like, he was very impressed with how I did, you know, first year going into second year. And like, I was striping up the yards. Like I care about being perfect. So I was striping everything up. And what I found out was he ended up leaving the, the company. But what he did was, is he took pictures of my work and the other company's work that was doing the other, a different region. And he said to the new people that were going to take over that, this, that decision uh, making um, role in the company, they should give me a shot at another region. So they did. And when they did that, things just sort of exploded. 
It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was wild, bro. So it was just like, like I said, consistency over, you know, three year period to show them that not only do I care about being better and everything, but I also care about the properties. You know what I mean? I, I want to make them look beautiful. Um, so. So how did yeah. it feel when you finally got that opportunity in that commercial project to go into other properties that they had? How did it feel that they, they finally accepted it? Like, you know, Cornell's my guy. It was like a sense of validation. Yeah. I think like that this was not, this was, I already knew it was the right decision. I mean, it would have took a lot longer to, to find some level of the success that we're having right now. Um, but when they gave me that opportunity, it was just like, I knew it was the right decision. It validated all of the things that I felt in my heart whenever I started six years ago. Like it was like, that's the championship. Like that was my first NBA finals or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And now, you know, it's, it's not just for me either. It's like, whenever I went into the fourth year, I had, um, I got that contract in our, the third year I got that contract. And I was like, how am I going to get all of this work done? Like it, it jumped on me so fast. I wasn't even expecting it. So how am I going to get this work done? And I, you know, I was just had to sit a prayer one night. I was going over how to get employees and I had a football game the next morning and I was coming to this gate as one of the referees who I had played football with in the past. His name's Matt. I call him captain Jack. Um, and I had just talked to him. I said, Hey man, you want to, uh, you want to cut, what do you do on, you know, during the week? He's like, I don't do nothing. What do you, Wow. I said, you want to come work and cut some grass with me? He was like, yeah, I wanted to play football with you, but I'll come, I'll come cut grass with you. And he also like that year, he, he just believed in the vision too. So it's like, now it wasn't just me. You know what I mean? It was me and my family. It was me and him. And then I started to see things happen for him as I started to grow not, not just personally, not just in the business, not just in the feeling of joy that I had. I got to be with someone else who was also getting to reap some of these benefits of doing a great job. And and he gets to see firsthand and be with me every single day. So he gets, when I'm this talks with you and these other podcasts that I've been on, he gets it every single day. So he, he like, he believed in the vision too. And he's like, yo, I just, I can see where we're going to go. And, and as the business has grown, I've elevated him. And hopefully this next, this next season that's coming up, he's going to take another jump and, uh, and, and we just going to keep on trying to rock as hard as we can here. It's incredible. Especially when you get team members that are on board with a mission, that is so important. Understanding their why and their mission, because when you bring that together, like you're doing now with your mission, your heart being the light to the world, right. And spreading the word and, and getting out there and, and just helping people realize that they already have what they need inside them. They just have to believe it, right? What story are you telling yourself? We have that choice every single day to look at a situation and we can be the victim or the victor. We can learn from it or we can let it try to run us. Right. So we have that choice every day. And when you get people around you that get that and that are mission driven, like you're talking about, dude, you're going to be unstoppable, just absolutely unstoppable. Because when you sit down and and measure out success, it's it's dollars have a portion of, of thought in that, but it's not that it's moving humans. Right. It's it's empowering. It's inspiring. It's seeing people come from from, you know, not the best upbringing to be able to do what they choose to do and they put it in their heart to make it happen and to give their family the, the experience in life that you wanted as a child. And like, there's just so many levels to that. So I love, love, love that you're pushing like that. And you found somebody else in your arena, cause that's going to double or triple your capacity 
you know, by having people helping you move through this. So that's just, hats off to you, brother. I love it. Another sales nugget coming your way here. And today's topic is about saying no. That's right. The word no. So often in sales, we're so focused on being yes people, right? I'm a, I'm a recovering people pleaser myself. And I said yes to everybody because I was afraid of conflict. I was afraid of telling them no, that I would get some kind of bad review or they would, I don't know, try to punch me in the mouth. Who knows, right? So the point is that to say no is a, is a very empowering thing, especially when you know that you aren't excited about a project, you aren't excited about a client, you aren't excited about something. There is an amazing uh, good thing you're doing by saying no to them. And you don't just say no and walk away. You're going to give them what we call the graceful exit, where you say, no, you know what? I think you're going to be better served with a, an example here would be with a Mason. I think that they're much more specialized in what you're looking for. And I wish you the very best on your journey and give them the opportunity to move on. So if you say no, give them options and then they'll move on and be like, you know what? That was great. This person came in. They told me they couldn't do it, but they pointed me in the right direction so I could find someone who could actually help provide the very best solution for me. So don't be afraid of the word no. No is a very, very powerful statement. And when you do it in the context of a um, a graceful exit, it's going to help your client on their journey. And that's really the ultimate goal, right? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, it's, it's just fun. At the end of the day, like I said, and you wake up in the morning and it's, you know, you, you like who you work with, you like yeah. what you're going to go do. Uh, it's not a job anymore. You know what I mean? So yeah. we're out there, we're on, we're on, I call it uh, grass cutting go-karts all day. It's fun. <laughs> I mean, it's really fun. And yeah. I mean, also it, it's a, there's a lot of solitude when you're out there, you're just out there alone. So even though me and Captain Jack are driving around all day together, once that mower turns on, it's just you and your thoughts. And a lot of things can, can be solved just by changing how you think about things. So a lot of times I would be out there, especially on the long, hot days in the yard. And I'd just be out there. Sometimes I'd be listening to a video and I just have some tears. I just start crying while I'm on the lawnmower. Not, not tears of pain or anything, but just joy. Like I am so happy that I'm out here right now. I, this is the like the best feeling ever is knowing that when I go home tonight, my little, my, my little three-year-old, she go when, when I come home, she's all happy to see me. Right. And then yeah. she says, what are you doing? I'm going to cut the grass with you when I get big dad. Like she wow. knows that that's what I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so when I'm out there and I think of things like that, I think to myself, what, what, what were, I, what was I seeing? Whenever I was that age, I was all over the place, you know, through no, I, I didn't even have a choice. It was because I had young parents, they were learning how to become adults. Um, and you know, but when you're a child, you just expect that because that's your mom or that's your dad, that they know that they have it all together. And what I didn't realize was like, if I had young parents, you know, my mom was young. She, she wasn't even a full developed, uh, woman yet. Neither was my father. And I'm expecting them to give me things that they didn't have the capacity or ability to give me yet. But when I look at my daughter, I'm like, because I was able, they, they did give me something. They gave me experiences and they gave me the ability to now I can go back in the past and see what was I like whenever I was 25, 26 years old. I probably wasn't the best human. You know, I probably didn't have as much to offer to a kid as I do now, you know? And so when I, when I'm my daughter and I come home and she says, daddy cuts the grass, it makes me happy. She knows what I do. She knows that I'm working hard. She knows, like they know, my family knows. Yeah. 
and the people that are around me know. So again, that just goes back into the joy again. Um, you're looking for uh, recognition and validation uh, just for your being here on the earth. And when you have kids and you have family and you have people dependent on you, they validate it every day. Yeah. And at least that's how I look at it. So true, dude. So true. And, you know, we, we work like crazy because we want to prove something to ourselves. We want to make sure that we don't fail. We want to make sure that we're always succeeding and growing and all that stuff. But what we have to be very, very careful of, and I've stumbled through this a few times in my life where the work and the success of that becomes more important time-wise than the family. And pretty soon you're back to that, you know, up at seven, back at seven mentality. And you're like, mm -hmm. but I, I can't let this thing, it's getting bigger, starting to consume me. And that's when your job becomes a, a jail cell, right? Your business, because if you don't have people working for you doing the work, then you have a job and, you know, you own your job, but then that, that thing eventually takes over your life. And then you're not joyful anymore because you can't get away from it. You got bills to pay and all that. And then you feel guilty all day long because you're not spending time when your kids are off of school or whatever family vacation time I can't go, or we need to shorten it up because I got work to do, man. But to, to focus on the joy and the gratitude side of life and to live in that moment and in that feeling, there's nothing better. It keeps you fulfilled constantly and you make better decisions and you live a better life. And I'm just, yeah, it's the perfect place to be for sure. And it's really a choice. I mean, that's one of the things that I learned over the yeah. years. So when I stopped listening to music, like I stopped listening to the stuff I was listening to when I grew up. And, I, and like I said, I started to listen to successful people and you hear how they think. They think differently. Like they, they don't, they don't think how much something costs. They, or can they afford something? They think, how can they afford it? I heard Robert Kiyosaki say that. And then I, I came across, uh, this guy, Jim Rohn, mm -hmm. R-O-H-N. I always got to specify R-O-H-N yep. because people think I'm talking about the sports person, but this Jim Rohn guy, he, when I heard him speak, he had these philosophies that was given to him by a man named Earl Schof. And these philosophies, because this Earl Schof guy hadn't even got past ninth grade, he said, they're very elementary. Like they're very easy to hear. Yeah. And I started to hear these philosophies and I thought to myself, wow, this is a, that's a foundational thing. You know, those, when you, everything that you do in your life is based off of the philosophies that you, that you have, well, you could have a philosophy that says that things suck and that they're not going to work. And if that's the case, then they're not going to work. You're going right. to, you're going to make them not work subconsciously on accident or by purpose, just because you've already said it's not going to work. That's right. And when I heard him say things like you can have more than you got because you can become more than you are. Yes. And for things to change for you, you have to change and work lines, harder yeah. on yourself than you do on your job. If you yep. work hard on your job, you can make a living, which is fine. If you work hard on yourself, you can make a fortune, which is super fine. And I, that personal development part to me is a lot like making a choice. You make a choice to see the glass half full or half empty. Mm -hmm. And then when I, however you see that will determine how you'll use it. If you see a glass and you, and you say that glass is half full, then you'll be willing to share some. But if you see it and you say it's half empty, then you're going to try and keep it. And if you try and keep things, you'll never really reach your destiny because you can never reach your destiny alone. You can't do this by yourself. You need help. You need people to be in your corner. You need people to cheer you on and to pick you up when you're feeling down. Like you need all of these different things. You need experiences, negative ones, so that you know how to appropriately deal with 
these things when they come in the future. And the coolest thing is when you listen to other people, you listen to speeches and you listen to the outer spaces podcast with, with Josh Gillow, you, you get to hear these experiences through other people and then you can learn from them. And that's where ultimate wisdom can be gained. That's some of the things that I just learned over the course of years. It's like, and I've been doing it already. So to hear someone say it out loud, who is very successful, like these mentalities, these philosophies were already inside of me. I just didn't know how to properly put them into words and no one had ever said it so that I could hear it like that. And when I found him, he was saying the things that was already deep down ingrained inside of my heart and my soul. I had already believed all of these things and he said them perfectly so that I could relate to him. And now he's dead. He's one of the people I wish that I could meet, but the, the impact that he's going to have, not just on me, but throughout the course of history for the rest of the world is going to be immeasurable. And I realized, like, I heard him say one time, he said he heard people that talked uh, and did speeches. And if he heard how they use something that was inside their heart and their soul and they mix that with words and music and put it in a way for someone ears to hear. And that that was the way that you could have the, the, the biggest impact on people. And he said he thought that if he could just do that, that that would be the greatest feeling in the world. And when I made, started to make YouTube videos and people commented on uh, the one you're probably talking about, where uh, I was talking about my first job and everything mm-hmm. and everything, um, people started to say that to me. Your story is amazing. And thank you for sharing. And don't stop making comments. Or, or content and, you know, can, where can I get a hat and, and things like things of like that. And I, I felt like that's the feeling he was talking about. And when I went to equip expo, people was coming up to me and wanting to, to just to shake my hand and say hi. And because they, they liked my story for some reason, the same way, I guess I felt about Keith. And so hearing, hearing that, I was just like, this is the best feeling is helping others. If you help other people, this is another one he got from uh, Zig Ziglar. He said, if you haven't written it down, write it down. And I suggest if you have not written this down, you also should write this down if you're listening. And he says, the, he says, you can have, you can have everything that you want. If you help enough people get what they want, you can have everything that you want. hundred percent. Right. And so I looked at that and I said to myself, well, I'm helping at least 90 people get what they want. And this is just through cutting grass, Mm -hmm. you know, and because I've helped them get what they want, the desire to look for their yard or their shrubs or whatever. Now we're able to do whatever we want, you know, within reason, (laughs) you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But my wife needs a TV. I just go get a TV on a Tuesday because I can go cut yards next week. And we'll, we'll recoup that money back. You know what I mean? So that's, I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I go off on, on tangents all the time, Josh. So. Brother, I could listen to this all day long. And I'm sitting here thinking, how does a grass cutter from Western Pennsylvania have such a, a deep understanding of this? Because it's this, I've interviewed a lot of people on the podcast and some get it, some don't get it when it comes to these deeper fundamental things like you know, Jim Rohn. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Tony Robbins and he, a lot of his stuff came from Jim Rohn. That was his, that was his teacher. And to, to hear you saying it in such an elegant way, you know, when did you, on your journey, when did you finally start feeling that unlocking of his words? And like, when did this all start to click for you? And you started to realize that you're in control of your destiny, that everything comes from inside of you, that you are already enough. When did that start for you? 
I, I think on the first job, like mm. the first, my first job, I had a broken foot. I had a walking boot on that I had contractor bags wrapped around. Um, I had my, my younger brother uh, out there helping me. I had terrible equipment. Um, but we did two jobs in three hours. I paid him 60 bucks, 20 bucks an hour. And I didn't know my numbers or anything, but I had 190 in my pocket. And, uh, that, that's kind of what I said in the video. And I went home like that, that day I knew I was like, this is, this is it. Keith wasn't lying. You can, you can do that. I can do this. I'm, and I'm going to do this now. Like, so soon as, soon as that happened, I, I knew immediately it was the first, the first, very first job and it just spiraled from there. Got it. And how have you been working to keep that? Cause you know, mindset is amazing. You can, once you discover it, you can't unsee it. You can't unfeel it. You can't un anything with it. It becomes this, this insatiable appetite for more information. Like how can I continue to grow? At least that's how my journey has been. So tell me about how you're working daily, weekly, monthly to build that. Cause you can only be, your business is only going to grow as, as strong as the leader's mindset. So tell me how you're working on your mindset to keep it growing. I mean, I, I listen to information all day, every day. Uh, and I try to listen to all information and then make decisions, uh, based off of the information, how it best suits myself. Uh, and, and that starts with like every day I wake up and when I take a shower, I, I listen to something that is inspirational, something that is going to help, uh, uplift my, my, like how I feel that day. Um, you know, you might wake up and you, you had a dream about, whatever and didn't make you feel good and you get in the shower you throw on a less brown video and you just listen yep. you know what i'm saying you, you go through yeah. you're in the, you're in the shower i mean most people are in the shower all by themselves um and that's another place where you can just get your mind right so if you yep. take a shower you listen to a 10 minute uplifting inspirational motivational video already you've started off good mojo for the day now yep. if you got if you got everything ready to go and, and you wake up on time because you know you're ready to get out there and rip and run, it just continues that 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 feeling that you have. And then when you get to the first house, it looks it doesn't look as good as it did last week. When you leave, it looks great again, and that just keeps like adding to it. So I, everything that goes that I see, I try and make a choice to be inspired or fascinated by it in some way. And that helps me if it's something negative, I don't want to hear it. Um, not that we shouldn't listen to negative things, but I mean, things that you can control, if you can't control it, why waste brain space on it? Time is too short. Uh, so when people complain to me about things that, uh, they, they can't control, like if you want to tell me about your, your, you know, whatever, some, something that you cannot control, I don't want to hear. It. And I cut those conversations off short because I realized like I'm, I'll be 40 years old next year and almost half of my life is pretty much gone. And before I leave, I want to do valuable things for the world. Focusing on negative things got me nowhere for the first 33 years of my life. Um, soon as I started to focus on only the positive things, soon as I started to take negative uh, music and negative relationships, like choose your relationships uh, like wisely. You choose people that when you give something to them, they give something back to you at some point, they fill your cup back up. They don't just drink from your cup. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and so I started to eliminate people who were just taken from my cup and not trying to fill the cup back up. And every single like 
all these little things led to me being able to wake up in the morning and choose how, how to look at something. And I try to never, like I said, I either learn or I get better. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that's the mentality. And if you take that mentality, everything will work out for you in the end because you'll learn something and you'll be like, all right, I was in this relationship and, uh, you know, this person didn't do anything. They didn't want to have a job or anything. Well, I've seen what those signs are. So now when it comes to the next person and I get into a relationship with, if that sign shows up early, I'm going to cut bait and move on because there's not enough time to wait for someone, you know, who's going to be an anchor on the ship that you're trying to sell to prosperity and to, you know, your, your ultimate destiny and what you desire to have. So I cut all of those anchors off. I cut all of the, the bad music off. I stopped listening to uh <laughs> sort and scale, like all of the murder, mm. uh, true crime stuff. Uh, because mm. like, again, that gives you a, another avenue of, Oh man, that happened to someone. So now I'm not going to trust when I meet someone. You know what I mean? Like, nah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't yeah, want to yeah. have no bad mojo. Perpetuates. So, yeah. No, that's absolutely <laughs> true to it. You become what you surround yourself with people and influences and all that. So to the listeners out there, I challenge you, uh, from Cornell's speech here, I challenge you to, if you listen to a lot of music in a day, cut it in half, still listen to some music, be careful of what you're putting into your head because all those lyrics do dig into your subconscious, especially if they're negative. If they're positive, they do as well, but in a positive way. But I challenge you to take half of your time you listen to music and listen to a podcast. You're already obviously listening to a podcast, but listen to a, get a book, an audible book. Uh, go to YouTube, listen to somebody speak about something motivational. You'd be surprised if you just commit to 10 days, 20 days of that, just having it. Half of the time now you're going to do that. I'm telling you, everything starts to change. You start to think differently. You start to rewire your mind with possibility. And then once you start thinking that uh, or listening to people that are just like you, that decided to Cornell's thing here, it's a choice, decided to get rid of the negativity in their life and the music. That's a simple choice. You don't have to get rid of relatives that way. That's a simple choice, right? Now, and then you're also saying, okay, well, I'm going to start looking at my business differently. I'm going to start looking at my life differently and, and who's serving it and who's not serving right? And, and, and what's serving and what's not. So I challenge you to just flip it over and say, look in half and see what happens. 10 days, start 10 days and let us know how it works because I know it's going to change your life. It did me. And I know Cornell has the same story. So I'm telling you right now that there's, there's always success leaves clues. And this is a very big clue. So um, I want to transition into what's next for Cornell. What's, what's next on your list? What's the big dream? What are you going after? Uh, I just want to, I want to continue to help people, man. Um, I I think right now the best way to do that is just to share experiences um, Mm -hmm. on different platforms. May it be mine or my YouTube channel or, you know, just through conversation, through meeting people at social events or just meeting someone at a gas station. If I can help people um, in the future, I, this might be a little dark and grim, but you know, I, I realized that one day death will be upon me and, I've been to a lot of funerals lately. Um, the older I get, it's like more people will starting to pass away for mm-hmm. whatever reason. And so I, you learn a lot about the impact people have had on other people's lives at a funeral. Um, if some, if, if some funerals have very few people and that means that that person, uh, maybe didn't come in contact with a lot of people or he wrote or she wrote people the wrong way. And whenever I was at my grandmother's funeral when I was younger, the funeral procession was 
it was like miles long. And whenever I die, I want to, I want to know, I want my family to know that I tried to help people and I want people in the world to have some sort of piece of me, some sort of way that is helping their life, you know, that they can go back and they could say, you know, I heard that dude talk one time and how he looked at something. I adopted that philosophy. Like I adopted a lot of Jim Rohn's philosophies and they've changed my life. You know what I mean? So even if it's just perpetuating the things that he has said that have helped me in my way to help someone else, uh, that's what I would like for the future. Uh, as a person, as for my business, um, I want to maybe get up to two crews and, and really be able to help, uh, the people who work with me to make their dreams come true as well. Uh, I realized I worked at a lot of jobs in my life and, uh, I wouldn't say that I didn't believe in the jobs missions because I did, but I did realize that that was helping someone else's, uh, helping someone else's dream. And, um, I'm okay with that. Uh, but I had dreams too. And, um, the people that work with me, I don't just want them to help me reach my dream. I would like to help them reach their dream. So if that's people just interning with me for a year or two so that they could go start their own business and change their family's life, uh, that's what I would like to do. So, that's yeah, amazing. I mean, I guess just help yeah. people in yeah. some sort of way. Sir Cornell, I'm going to throw something at your curveball here. Something my first coach threw at me, and it really helped me galvanize my direction in life. So my belief, and I believe we were similar in this, when, you know, when, when God's ready, he's going to pull our tickets and we're ready to go to the next level, right? That's just what it is. Like we don't have a choice in that. There obviously have some, <laughs> some commonsensical choices there, but the reality is when our time is time and it is. What do you want your family to say at your funeral and your family walks up to the front of the, of the uh, church and says a eulogy about you and your life and what it meant to them? What do you want them to say? What do you want your life to have meant? I want them to say that my dad, my husband, my brother, my cousin inspired me to be my best self and that he lived his life trying to be his best self to serve as an example to me so that I would know what it looked like when someone was out there doing what they truly love to do and being who they truly love to be. I just hope that the people at my funeral, um, I hope that they, that they understand that, that any conversations that I had in the, in the past, wasn't me trying to say that I know everything cause I don't, it was trying to give them a piece of me so that they could see the world, how I see the world and then be able to use how I see the world to help them see the, the world in a positive, in a positive way. Um, because I truly believe if you look at the, at the world and you see the beauty of it, it's hard to be negative. And if you're negative, it's hard to be successful. And if you're not successful, like, and, and, and like I said, success does not mean money. Success just means I'm doing what I want to do. You know what I mean? And, and I'm doing it because I love to do it. Not because I have to do it. Not because it's required of me, but just because you like to do it. And if you could find that thing, I hope that they say that, you know, my, my, that Cornell found his way. And because he found his way, he shared with me something that helped me find my way. That's what I would hope they say. That's powerful, brother. And I believe you are on that journey. 
Absolutely. And you'll have exactly that when that parking lot is full and there's miles and miles and miles of people that are coming to say thank you. It's not about popularity. It's about saying thank you because, you know, there's times in our life, especially when we're just feeling vulnerable and, and very, um, you know, like we're going to fail and everything's going to fall apart, especially owning a business. It's like there's some days you feel like you've got one foot on a banana peel and the other one off the edge. Right. And you just it, it's just it's a, it's one sneeze away and it's over. Right. It, it seems like mm-hmm. that so often. And to persevere and to push through because you've got this bigger belief in yourself and in your mission that you can get through just about anything. So, and that belief is what so many people lack and they, they just need guidance. They need someone like yourself that is doing it, that they can look up to. So brother hats off to you for your mission and what you're doing for the world. And I can't wait to watch you as you move through this journey and, and how you impact people's lives, man. I love it. Absolutely love it. So uh, if people want to reach out to you, Cornell, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, Instagram. Um, my my tag is uh, Mac underscore landscaping 412. Um, I also have a YouTube channel called uh, Mac Landscaping and Lawn Care on YouTube. So go subscribe to that. And uh, and we just launched a podcast. Uh, me and my, my friend Cedric with Steel Cuts Lawn and Landscaping. Uh, it's called the Lawn Care Power Moves Podcast with Mac and Steel. Uh, we drop shows every Monday. Uh, we just dropped our second show uh, this past Monday. And um See, uh, we also do an Instagram live show on Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. So uh, if you are interested in being interviewed on there, you can DM me um, or you can just join the show. And we just bring people in live. It's We like to just have uh, different people on that can share their experiences, too, uh, on a live forum. Like so you can just ask a question right there. You, if, you know, we, we all listen to podcasts and everything, but you can't just ask Josh a question about the person who's talking right now. Yeah. And so we've had people on like Brian Fullerton, Corey Ballard, um, Seth, the lawn surgeon, uh, Alex Kirby with trifecta landscaping. Uh, we had, a, we had some, some really uh, heavy hitters come on that Instagram live show. So, I mean, if you're interested in, in talking to people and learning, uh, like I said, live, come and join us on Instagram live 7 PM Eastern. Uh, you can follow my page or, or, uh, or Cedric's page and you'll see that live icon and come on, man. Let's have some fun. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you and I appreciate what you're doing to the world and helping out. And, and I love that you found your mission, brother. There's nothing better in life than getting up every day saying, thank you, God, for one more day, just to go out and help and impact as many lives as you can, man. That is, that is something that never gets old. <laughs> you know what I mean? It never gets mm-hmm. old, but any last, um, uh, little tidbits or, or something you want to leave our audience before we wrap up? I mean, your dreams are possible. Every dream that you've ever had in your life, it is possible. All it takes is hard work, consistency, a good network of people. And the craziest thing is, is as it pertains to the network of people is most people want to help you. You just got to reach out and not be scared. Um, I, it literally changed my life. Just asking questions in the DMS on Instagram. So, if, I mean, if I've said something that you, you want me to expound, like, uh, to talk more about, you know, hit me on Instagram. But, yeah, man, follow your dreams because life is too short to not do that. You know, like, what, what the hell else are you going to do except try and live your dream, whatever that is. So, I wish you nothing but success in life, uh, prosperity, enlightenment, and uh, let's, let's live heaven on earth. I mean, that's my motto live heaven on earth man it's supposed to be beautiful down here and it is you just got to see it that way man 
I'm not going to say anything more than that. We're going to go from there. So everyone, hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I sure did. Thank you, Cornell, and we'll see you next week.